Good morning. This is Trace Blue, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling, and we'll see you in the future. Good morning! Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for June 13th, 2017. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hassenflow. And we're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. It's... Summertime, Chip. Summertime, and that means families take trips together. That's right. I have been across our great land this week, and I am back. It's been it, nobody noticed that we we recorded two shows and we put them we put them out on two separate Tuesdays. But now we're here. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen you. You looking? You're looking well. Oh yes, I got I got a black eye, Steve. <laughs> I've got a black eye. My, street my, fights. My wife's been taking me down. It's just been for fun. It's just, just playing. <laughs> I play. I play basketball yeah. uh, every Wednesday night, and uh, some guy came down on my eye, and uh, I didn't know th- about it. My wife works overnight, and she came home and said, "Hey, what happened to you?" And uh, they, that's when how I found out. It was a brutal fruit attack. But Steve had much more fun. I had so much fun. We drove down to Orlando, Florida this week. We stopped off in Indianapolis and hung out with our patrons, JD and Elizabeth, and and had some some good times and some book recommendations. I've got a list of books that we need to read, by the Excellent. way. Excellent. Thank you, JD and Elizabeth, for all of that. We stopped by the Who North America. This is the distribution center for all of the Doctor Who stuff in North America. Owner Keith Bradbury was really kind and opened his doors for us and hour early so that i could live in the happiest place on earth so let me let me ask you about this this is in indianapolis just outside of indianapolis and is it a museum it is a store and a museum and the distribution point for all of the doctor who stuff he sends it all across north america so if you order something with Doctor Who on it, chances are it will have gone through his uh-huh. his warehouse. This is phenomenal. We had a fun time. We took a ton of pictures. We left uh, quite a bit of money with Keith. Who's the bigger Who fan? <laughs> Me or Keith? Yes. Oh, probably Keith. He's got a business that, that, is, <laughs> that is involved with Doctor Who. I am just a huge fan who just loves all this stuff. Is Steve moving down to work with him? I could I could see operating a, a clubhouse like he's got there. He's got a Doctor Who pinball machine. <laughs> oh, wait. So do I. Yes, you do, Steve. <laughs> it was so much fun. We thank him for all of his time that he gave us and all of the uh, fun Doctor Who stuff that we paid for. <laughs> what was the most exciting thing that uh, you saw this week? Then we got into the science. I went to Cape Canaveral. I went to the Kennedy Space Center. I saw all of the rockets and all of the, the at Space Shuttle Atlantis is hanging from the ceiling in this museum. It was a... a really moving really emotional time to see what we as humans have done with space travel so it touched you it it truly did the the space shuttle is special for our generation there was that moment when the space shuttle see i can't even get through the sentence there was that moment when the space shuttle exploded and all of us kids were watching. They wheeled TVs into the room because this teacher was going into space. This was the triumph of humans over 
nature over space and and just this tragedy that happened and that has been a piece of my existence for the last 30 years and to see that space shuttle the enormity the grand nature of humans making these big things i started thinking about you know, we talked about the movie uh, Pacific Rim with these giant robots and sure. and the ridiculous amount of metal that it would take to make these giant things. Looking at the Kennedy Space Center, the amount of metal that we have put together to make these enormous, mind-boggling spaceships, we we can do some interesting science. So we've talked about something that touched you deeply. You've got two sons. What touched them most in this um, in this? Uh, trip down south it was so much fun we got we had so much great family time my 15 year old who was learning to drive got to drive six or seven hours down to florida he had a great time learning uh how much energy it really takes to drive a car it takes a lot of energy Uh uh-huh kids you might not understand how much energy it takes for dad to drive the car or mom to drive the car sure but as you learn you find out and you get a new appreciation for all that we did get to spend a day at disney world we won a day at disney world it cost me about three thousand dollars and uh (laughs) we, we had a great time we got to peek over the fence and look at star wars land that's being built the 14 acres of star wars that's being built on Disney property. As you planned your your next visit. Uh Uh-huh. If they can do the magic that they do with all of the other properties with Star Wars, that is going to be a magical spot down there. How wonderful. No doubt about that. So it was a great week. I had a fun time. I left you behind. Uh, That's okay. Everything was fine. The the important part of getting away is spending and reconnecting with your family. Yes. And it sounds like you did that. And we we encourage that for all of our listeners. Absolutely. Take the time. It, It is worth the money to take the time to be somewhere else get out of the house brings us to our film at 11 our movie of the week speaking of getting out of the house you got a chance to go to the movies and see wonder woman i did and my wife forced me to delay a day because she wanted to go see it too. oh that's great so you both you went together you and your wife and yeah. and my daughter me. wow so tell me what is your review of wonder woman let me go ahead and give my oldest daughter's review because this is a really important she is um, 15 years old and uh, dad and mom um, forced her to go to this. Uh, I'm using quotes when I say forced her. And she said she liked about 20 minutes of it. So, so there you go. That's what a 15-year-old would say. So it's on the Star Wars level for her. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But my my wife and I really enjoyed this film. And I, and I think it's the best of its type of genre. Um, one of the, one of the best. Uh, they they moved some things around. So where Captain America, which was a, a good movie to compare this to, mm-hmm. uh, took place in World War Two. This take took place was or was moved to World War One. Hmm. There are some leaps of faith that uh, take place in all of these type of superhero films, but the, I'm going to give you one. I'm not spoiling for you. But uh, I want to make sure that I, I noticed it immediately, and it was never addressed. It was when the um, German uh, ship found its way to Paradise Island. All right, so all of these wooden uh, boats get let down, and all, all the Germans are going to head to Paradise Island to uh, ultimately they're going to attack uh, the the um, they're, they're going to get Steve Trevor is really what's going to happen. Okay. All right, so the Amazons defeat them. 
as they are apt to do. Okay, and uh, then what happens? Um, well, that, we just move to the next scene. There's a ship out there with other people on it. Lots of other Germans. Never gets addressed. And but, it just, it's just out there. But regardless of that little nitpicky thing, uh, the, the movie uh, flowed well. The, the colors were a little bit brighter. Obviously, it took place in World War One, So, uh, it, you know, there, there's war as part of it but mm-hmm. it is star wars war okay it's marvel uh, type of war which means that it's it's certainly not saving private ryan highly recommended if you have interest in seeing this degree of humor in this one you were mentioning was it was a funnier movie than uh, batman versus superman <laughs> <laughs> well i think everything is a funnier movie <laughs> than batman superman there was lucy davis who played it and the last time i remember running into her um, was during the Office UK. Oh. She was the secretary. Okay. And so um, that was probably 10 years ago or so. And she's been in other parts and stuff. And she's been in other... But this is where I caught her. And this, I guess, is her feature film debut. I could be. Wow. You also got a chance to see Sinatra All or Nothing at All. This is an HBO miniseries. This is a miniseries. I didn't realize it was a miniseries. They packaged it up into a full three-hour movie. Exactly. And then you broke it up and watched it chunks so you miniseries the repackaged not miniseries exactly I, I don't have a lot of time to watch things and mm-hmm. so I, and I've gotten really comfortable going to the on-demand section of HBO because there are a lot of documentaries and things I have not watched and this was the one that caught my eye and this is about Frank Sinatra this is about his 1971 uh, retirement concert or it, it, he still did shows afterwards but this was maybe full touring or something of that nature. And uh, the uh, director was trying to say the set list that Sinatra put together um, described his life in some way. So we would go from the beginning of his life in New Jersey, where he uh, described his neighborhood, which, like I said, I think there's probably got to be books on this. Mm -hmm. Um, There's uh, four ethnic groups there. There are the Irish, there are the Italian, there's the Jewish, and there's the black neighborhoods. And um, while they did have some overruns, the black neighborhood, he said, pretty much stayed to itself. Um, But he wanted to be a singer. And so he joined groups to become a singer and then eventually left because he wanted to be a solo singer. We talk about his um, finding his wife, getting married, having his children. And they're all being interviewed through this. And uh, the, the, the war years, the after war years, all the way up to, to 71. He, he um, was in From Here to Eternity. He is Catholic. It was a very big deal for him to get a divorce from his wife. He asked for it because he fell in love with Ava Gardner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava Gardner eventually dumped him, uh, which made him sad. Uh, but but from here to eternity was his Oscar-winning performance. Hmm. How about that for uh, for a guy as a song and dance man? But anyway, I I highly recommend this and uh, very good. It's very good. Excellent. Opening this week, we have a special, ah oh boy, we are going to go to another Rift Tracks live event. You can join us in your local theater. It's through Fathom Events. This is the Summer Shorts Beach Party. All of our friends from Rift Tracks are going to be there along with special guests. We're going to see Trace Beaulieu and Frank Conniff and Mary Jo Peel and Bridget Nelson are going to join the Rift Tracks guys just like they did for the special that we went to in Minneapolis last year. And they 
invite us to go down to Nashville this year to mm-hmm. see this live, but obviously we had some conflicts. Yeah. Um, but what we can say about this is if you are local and you want to be part of this, feel free to inbox us. Yeah. Uh, we'll show you where we're going. But if you're not local, just find your local theater. They have this. The shorts are short films. Yes. Usually, many of them are educational films yep. or odd films. Very unusual films that they find, and they spend films a about lot of grass. time. Is, is corn grass? <laughs> anyway, they're they're silly and fun. They're so much fun. The shorts are a great way to get into all of this fun comedy. If you haven't seen anything from Rift Tracks, go go give them ninety nine cents. So that's Thursday night, and then we have the, our regular uh, Friday openings. Yes, opening this Friday, we've got Cars three. Another Pixar film. Yeah. Pixar, um, while at one time just couldn't do anything wrong, uh, they seem to have become very long in the tooth on their sequels. And this is the third version of Cars. If you have a young person, I, I don't think that they're going to suffer from watching this. Right. But I don't know if it's must-see for adults. It's amazing to me how little I've seen advertising of this. Sure. The, it, it's not the spectacular that Cars was the first time. It's not the spectacular that a lot of the Pixar films were. And and, and I don't know if we're just spoiled, because things look great, and right. I'm sure the story's going to be fine. I'm, I'm sure, sure they're going to make money, too. Oh, yeah. And and like I said, if you, you, you've got a five, six, seven-year-old, old yeah uh this will be very high on the things that they will enjoy but for a person who you know saw the first cars i don't know if i even saw second cars i did okay it was all right i liked it i I didn't buy a copy of it if that goes if that shows you anything about my degree of uh, adoration of it but it was it was fine it was a lovely film we have another one coming out this (laughs) this week it's called rough Night. Yes, this is uh, sort of like Office Christmas Party from uh, back in December. Uh-huh. Uh, this is very similar to The Hangover and The Bachelorette yeah, this Party. Yeah, this is the girls' night out kind of a thing that goes horribly wrong. Reminds me of The Hangover a lot. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and, and we're going to address something that keeps showing up mm-hmm. in Hollywood films. Is the amount of cocaine that just gets thrown around like it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we all had this background doing cocaine and now we're uh, in, in society. No, we didn't. No. We no, did we didn't. Not. No, we did not. Um, but somehow this becomes the, 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 the beginning of the comedy. Um, so be it. Hilarious. But, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand how L.A. Hollywood sees cocaine as, as a part of our lifestyle and how it's so funny to them. Well, anyway, it, it puts people in an interesting position. The idea is they eventually invite this uh, gentleman back to dance, uh-huh. and he dies, and there's where the comedy starts. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that's where the comedy starts, but they, they certainly have some the situation. ridiculous situation after that. This is kind of a weekend at Bernie's moment after that, where they're taking this body and moving it around. So let's go through these last three films, because they all look like something I have very a lot of interest in seeing. Yeah. First one was called Score, a film music documentary. This is a documentary about that music of the movies, and we all know how important music is to the movies. In the trailer, one of the composers says, I can make you feel anything Mm -hmm. with the music being played 
uh, through the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got interviews with uh, John Williams, which we know from E.T. and and Star Wars. Star Wars, Chip. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, Jurassic Park. And anyway, he the, the song that he's we see in the trailer is E.T. Um, we also have Hans Zimmer. And mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer seems to be like the hottest guy right now. Uh, and he uh, did the Batman uh, Dark Knight. Uh, and, and he also did um, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. Uh, and then finally we have Thomas Newman. And Thomas Newman, I know from the Lemony Snicket movie from a long time ago, he did American Beauty. And when you hear his music, you know, there's this like, ding, ding, ding. There's all these things kind of bouncing around. There's sort of a, a, a beautiful sound to it. But anyway, these are all interviews of these guys, and they're talking about how they put music to movies. And it changes everything about the movie. You get the emotion through the music so often. You've seen probably on YouTube where where people have taken the score out of a scene, and the scene is different it's because dead. of the music. It tends to be dead. Yeah, with very the music. flat. Yeah, yeah. Good, great idea to see this documentary. That we'll put that on our list of things to do this week. There's one called "All Eyes on Me." This is a untold story of Tupac. Tupac Shakur. Hmm. Now, for many of our people, they are very familiar with Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. Um, for some others who may not be familiar, um, you may be familiar with Kurt Cobain. Um, so, the rise of Tupac Shakur. Uh, it may be in the rap community or in um, R&B type of area. Uh, and the rise of Nirvana and Kurt Cobain and grunge and rock and stuff like that, they kind of mirrored each other, and they both died very uh, early. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we've received a Kurt Cobain movie. I do know that this is the Tupac Shakur story and about his rise. This may be a very big movie uh a, a, a truly uh groundbreaking one and if i think about um we had the one about nwa last year uh straight out of compton that was the one that i was thinking of while you were talking that was a really good movie and it is and, and eventually i my hope is we're going to have one for public enemy which i'll be very interested in, in seeing also the but, east coast but this right here is about Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. This should be a very good film. I, I, I look forward to seeing this. There's a science fiction pick of the week this week. It's Kill Switch. This is uh, real science. No, maybe not real science. Yeah, pseudo-ish. Pseudo-science. All right, so what, we, we've got, or what I'm taking from the trailer is we've got sort of a Philadelphia type of experiment going on. I love the Philadelphia experiment movie. That was a great movie. Well, the, the idea is that we've, um, using Tesla's... Uh, um, all right, this is pseudo history mm-hmm. slash military conspiracy ish. <laughs> the idea was that they had created a time traveling warp, and that right. in Philadelphia that they had moved um, some sailors to Norfolk, Virginia. They arrived there, and then they came back, and they were all embedded into the um, the ship, and there was awesome. a cover up, and all this other stuff. So that's not part of this movie. But it seems like that there is some kind of using some kind of energy. Mm-hmm. There's two realities going on. Maybe awesome. um, you know the multiverse, multiverse going on, and one is going to survive. Mm. And so it, it can be only one. Exactly. Sorry, <laughs> so anyway, it seems like they're they're kind of playing with the pseudoscience conspiracy. 
um, multiverse type fun stuff. This looks very science fictiony and yeah. very good. If the Sci-Fi Channel showed sci-fi anymore, this would be the kind of film that I would want to watch. I will find this somewhere, but I wish that the Sci-Fi Channel wasn't seafy and and had science fiction in it. No, I'm not sure any of these films is big enough to um, to take over Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder, no. Wonder Woman may win a third week in a row. Wow! But it seems like these are fun films. These are mm-hmm. this is all that filler stuff that you if you miss it right now you're going to watch it in the fall right brings us to our book at our book of the week speaking of the fall our book of the week is called black fall that was a, that was a terrible transition That's <laughs> all, right. all right so this is the third part of a series who was this written by yes this is andrew main and those of you who don't know andrew main he is an illusionist and he had a tv show on a and e called don't trust andrew main and uh, he is a fun interesting person and now he's writing novels no no this is the third part of a series fill me in on the first two parts and then let's talk a little bit about the third all right we have talked about the first book it came out in 2014 it is called angel killer this is the story of jessica blackwood jessica blackwood is an illusionist because Andrew Maine is an illusionist and he wrote this book. He knows the illusionist lifestyle. She is an illusionist turned FBI agent. So the storyline of all three books, this is now a trilogy, Angel Killer, Name of the Devil, and Black Fall, she can see a different aspect of this investigation from her other FBI agent compatriots. And she can see where the illusion is happening. Every one of these stories involves a a bad guy, a, a, a evil genius who is using a, a magic and explaining to the normal people this is magic. And she goes, "That's not magic. Let me explain to you about how an illusionist is not magic." All right. So, is this a great like summer read oh, series? Yes, this is a perfect summer read. Head to the pool and, and throw this in. Oh, yeah. If you are sitting at the pool with your Kindle or with a paperback, Jessica Blackwood is a great fun ride. It is an action adventure. You get sucked into the story very quickly. Uh, Andrew Main has written so well this idea of you are in this story. You are looking over the shoulder of this investigator, and you are involved with this. I, I'm not a big fan of mysteries in general. My mm-hmm. wife reads a lot of mysteries. This is one that I could get into because of that little twist of she's an illusionist and she's looking at it differently this is the sherlock holmes if sherlock holmes was an illusionist kind of um a fast read oh yeah i i read through each one of these books in about a week the first one from 2014, the second one a year later in 2015, and Blackfall just came out in March of this year, and yeah, I got through it in about a week. We didn't get to talk about it till today, but hey, that's all right. You should be reading this summer. You should find a book that gets you, that you understand, that makes your life a little bit better. Oh, it sounds like fun. We have so many books. We have so many books to talk about. We do. We've got a whole bunch of them coming up, too. Yeah. We will talk about a lot of titles. We have a lot of authors coming up in the next couple of weeks. We are going to have some fun with reading. Brings us to our appetite, our app of the week. You have found a very interesting story about a guy who hates telemarketers, so he created a robot to prevent telemarketers from doing the job. This is called the Jolly Roger Telephone Company. Now, he's based in Naperville, which is right outside Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically created a robot 
because robots are calling your your home telephone now waiting for you to pick up uh-huh. and uh then the robot has a lot of fun with the people calling <laughs> right those of you who have listened to uh some of those morning djs that have the sound boards of arnold schwarzenegger and have the caller talking to this robot of arnold schwarzenegger this is kind of like that but it's a much more automated system exactly and the, and the idea is to take your home telephone number and kind of take it back. There's no real cost of robo-dialing anymore for companies. So one of the, the strategies is to use a service like Google Voice where they have to press one if, if that's it. And they, they so get, a human has to actually do something in order to get into your voice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, um, many of us don't have those types of services. I, I do for mm-hmm. my, even for my work number, but, uh, you still have things that kind of make it, make their way through. And what this is going to do is going to recognize those numbers, kind of take them to this special place mm-hmm. and then have that robot, uh, basically play with, with this, <laughs> with the idea of taking a lot of time from, the robot calling because that's the most expensive part of robot calling is these people who are actually making these calls exactly and um eventually putting you on a, a do not call list by default mm-hmm. as opposed to you know if you're calling from uh, out of the country uh do not call this they're not really going to impact you at all right and so that help telephone um phone call you get during dinner time where it rings and rings and ring and they want to wash your windows or they want to do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those can be alleviated uh, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Very funny. It's funny. It, it is humorous to, to listen to this. You can click on the TED Talk that we have in our show notes to see an example of what he's been putting together with this robot. And the, the most enjoyable part, of course, are the recordings where they get to the live human who is interacting with this robot and the, it just, the, it's just circular conversations. What right. can I say? Funny. It's really annoying to those telemarketers. And that's a You're terrible job. You're playing with me, aren't you? You're playing with me. <laughs> I can do this all day, one of the guys says. That, that's very I made $180,000 last year. <laughs> I can talk to you all day with this. This, this is an interesting idea. The, the idea of taking back the phone number. Your phone number, I don't answer my telephone ever and one of the real challenges this is the equivalent of your you know where it takes spam out of your email mm-hmm. and kind of moves that out of the way this is kind of doing the same yeah because there's a lot of telemarketers out there and they have a lot of things they'd like to sell you there's no doubt about that brings us to our now the news there's there's stuff happening in the world but really the important thing boys and girls Moms, don't forget, this Sunday is Father's Day. Isn't this the most important holiday? Everybody knows what Father's Day means. It means leave me alone for Sunday. I thought that's right. <laughs> it means beer. No, it does mean beer. It does mean beer. I, I have uh, a no, fond recollection of taking my father-in-law out on Father's Day, and uh, the restaurant says, oh, it's Father's Day. Here's a free beer. And my father-in-law didn't drink beer, so he said, here's a free beer. And I said, thank you. <laughs> All right. So one of the interesting, I did a little bit of research on the history mm-hmm. of uh, Father's Day. And Father's Day's history it's very similar to Mother's Day's history. The modern one that we celebrate today, uh, actually, it's that church in West Virginia, the uh, the Methodist Episcopalian Church. Um, they were the ones who who were part of the modern 
Father's Day. There was a movement here in Chicago, interestingly enough, to set up a Father's Day. But the one where we um, ultimately that stuck for us is is the one they set up. Now, um, if we go back to the old country, um, St. Joseph's Day. I didn't even know this. It was a Catholic holiday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense that that would be the Father's the Father, Day. Yeah. And, I, and it kind of... Why Catholics are so good at like taking any local holiday and then say, okay, and uh, it's Halloween. From now on. That's right. Now it's All Souls Day and yep. all, all Saints Day. Yeah. Um, so they, they've done it for all over the world. It's interesting that St. Joseph's Day hasn't just become the default Father's Day. Right. Back in March. But it doesn't really matter. They can celebrate twice. It's much better in June. <laughs> There's better beer available. Well, for, for <laughs> us in the uh, States, that means we can have barbecues and, and, right. uh, and grill some hamburgers and have some fun. And go swim in the pool and leave me alone for a couple hours. That's, <laughs> that is that's And now that your son's day. old enough, he can just drive you. That's right. <laughs> His middle name is Uber. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that we we love celebrations we love life and we love how things go but unfortunately one of the things that we have to always think of is is there's an end to things and this week unfortunately we lost adam west oh. our batman oh we love adam west oh adam west was the best uh, in fact the joke i always say is i went to the william shatner school of acting and my favorite professor was adam, adam west there you go and my wife when she gets angry with me says to stop pausing like <laughs> adam west <laughs> Adam West was phenomenal. He he did such a great job bringing Batman to us in the '60s, and and do it. He did so many other things after that. Well, one of the the, the beauties of modern world is Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, I was I don't think I was a friend. I was a follower of Adam West. Adam West, in his in his elder years, was very kind to share part of his life, and one of the things he liked doing was cooking for his family and he would have a, like a just a joyous post of like oh awesome. my grandkids and, and family are coming over and i'm making you know, whatever he's making and um he's saying he says something you know make sure you you know, take care of the people you love so he was he he just was a joyous person we were talking a little bit as we were preparing for who could be the modern person that may be that and i suggested harrison ford i don't think so i I don't think he has the charisma of of adam west but you know um then we kind of agreed that mark hamill i think mark hamill is that guy right now in a lot of ways i i follow mark hamill and -hmm. all the things that he chooses to share with us on social media and he is that kind person he's so happy to see all of his fans and he's a fan himself of mm-hmm. so many things including Sven Gulli. and and I have so much in common with him I feel I feel like I have a real connection with him like Adam West but if there is a television person that you liked growing up or so many times they'll have public uh, Twitter feeds or or Facebook pages and while certainly you're not interested in um Minutia. Well, what, what I'm not interested in is, 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 is invading their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're willing to share. Like Julie Newmar is, was the Catwoman in, mm-hmm. in Batman. And uh, she shares her love of her flowers. So in her backyard, it is, there, there are trees and there are flowers everywhere. And, that, and that's her hobby and that's what she enjoys doing. And she will share that along with her politics. Um, a tremendous amount. <laughs> what an interesting social media lifestyle we have with the ability to see into these people's homes, whatever they allow us to see. 
Kevin Meany passed away a few years ago, and Kevin Meany was always sharing. He was, I mean, he. He was a comedian that traveled a lot, but he was also a dad that showed up at his daughter's recital or, or performance. And he, while well, he, he shared enough of it to make you, you realize that they are one, they are human. Um, and they're very much like you and me. And they have all the challenges you and me. Cause I think Kevin Meany had an Airbnb once and had a bad experience with someone staying there. And he said, well, who would do this? Well, it it was his Aaron B, and he was out cleaning it up because somebody had treated mm-hmm. it poorly. Um, anyway, you get insights into some people's lives, and uh, they're they're wonderful. And once again, you know, you're not interested in invading their lives, right? But what they're willing to share, it's always kind of uh, with a wink and fun. That's that's great. We are going to miss Adam West. He oh, is, love him. He he is uh, a part of our growing up, and and we don't lose any of that, which is nice. We have access to all of that material, all of those Batman episodes, all of those Family Guy episodes where he played Mayor Adam West on Family <laughs> Guy. Uh, he's he's still there, which is awesome. Thank you, Adam, for all all that you've done for us. You've got all sorts of options out there, and one of them is to get rid of cable TV. I haven't had cable TV for a very long time, and you know we keep hearing numbers about how many more people are dropping cable TV to subscribe to their streaming services, all those streaming services that are available. And according to this, it looks like that we finally have hit the tipping point where the number of people who are using streaming services have finally outweighed the number of people using cable services. We're in a transition. And so we are in a true transition. And don't worry about these cable companies. They're part of this too. They're working on it. They're not going to lose. Right. So um, this, this, what it's allowed us to do, for many people, it's allowed us to reduce costs mm-hmm. for something that had just continuously risen in price. And so we're getting a little competition. And we've gotten to the point where we have enough choice out there. We've gotten to the point where if I want to subscribe to the Brit box because I like British TV, I can give them my nine ninety nine. Well, absolutely. But between uh, uh, Sony's version of, of the View, uh, between Slingbox, which is Dish version, between DirecTV Now, mm-hmm. um, uh, YouTube. DirecTV Now has been having some struggles, though. They are, they? They, are they are struggling, unfortunately. Well, it, the for DirecTV Now... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the same price as me having my um, actual uh, Directv. Correct. Yeah, and I think what they're, they're there's some technology coming in that that's going to make that a little more desirable. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they, well, my point is that all of these services are competing with each other. Hulu, um, and because of that. We all win. We are going to win. We all win. If you are wondering about your cable TV existence and whether or not you should move, you absolutely should check out some of these offerings and see if it's out there and and see see what you really watch. Mm -hmm. If it's sports that you really watch, there's a way to get the sports streaming now. Mm -hmm. You should really look into it. I, I, I have a vision on how it's going to ultimately turn out. It seems like you're going to have the one television that may be hooked up to everything. And then you'll have maybe on your phone or your tablet things that you'll get, you know, something that yeah. you want. And what I mean by that is, you, you know, for your big screen television in your living room, maybe you want to have access to sports. But for traveling around, maybe you don't want to. I mean, traveling around this week as we did, we got into hotel rooms and every hotel room had a TV in each th- in the room. 
we really didn't turn on those TVs this week. We sure. just stuck with our mobile devices because I was able to watch, you know, Doctor Who and Twin Peaks and Mystery Science Theater. The kids were able to watch YouTube or whatever they're into, mm-hmm. and we really didn't use that main TV in any of those hotel rooms. Well, things are changing. Yeah, definitely. Give me some good news, Steve. So, batteries. Batteries are the thing thing that run everything right now and in fact the the technology as it improves itself and in my hope is that it improves itself very quickly um it's going to change your lives imagine charging your phone up once a month mm-hmm. or once a year your or, laptop or or being able to charge it almost instantly so that you have a charge when you need it right now and then you don't worry about recharging it again until you need to recharge it and then it's instantly recharged oh you mean down at purdue university they've developed this type of they are working on a service where you can charge your car battery that huge battery for your electric vehicle almost instantly and and just kind of thinking about it in my mind's eye as we're driving down the highway and uh, you drive underneath where it takes your toll Mm -hmm. Bloop. Imagine driving underneath something and it fills your car up. And you have another 300 miles before you have to worry about the charge ever again. And if they had one of those every 100 miles, you never would have to think about charging your vehicle. See, the future's coming. Yeah. Are we ready? I'm, I'm ready. I've, you know, with my trip to NASA, talking with my 11-year-old about the future, mm-hmm. he's an engineering kind of mind. And I've been telling him about all of this science that he, as the next generation, needs to be working on. And he needs to be thinking about battery technology. And we're getting some test markets. I was reading uh, earlier this um, this week, it looks like Oslo, Norway, maybe 30% of the automobiles in Oslo are electric. Mm. So, you know, we're starting to get that uh, test market kind of up and running. And that's great because it will show the weaknesses and the strengths of those areas Mm -hmm. and whether you can here in your, your home, um, kind of move over to maybe a new technology. You never know. I'm ready. I am ready for new technology all the time. That's why I watch all those presentations of all the new technologies. Tim Cook gives a good presentation. He gave the commencement address at MIT this year. In fact, we have a lot. Right now, most universities are having their commencement. What's wonderful is that they're recording those, and they're going to put them up on YouTube, and you can watch them too. Yeah. So all these great people. So uh, Southern Cal had Will Ferrell, who had a very funny um, mm-hmm. commencement address. MIT had Tim Cook. And Tim Cook is a very different leader at Apple than Steve Jobs was. Yes, he is. Steve Jobs is a visionary, kind of a maybe once-in-a-lifetime uh, type of guy that mm-hmm. really can see things before you can see them. I agree with you. This Steve Jobs had the ability to, I think he lived five years in the future. I he, think he was a time traveler. Well, and it, it really takes special mm-hmm. uh, people to do that. Now, Kim, Tim Cook has his own set of skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple is a much different type of company, but they're, they, that doesn't mean they're not as thoughtful or maybe more thoughtful. Right. Uh, you know, Jobs was like, I'm going to plow on mm-hmm. regardless of what you think. Tim Cook's more uh, along the lines of, oh, we can... What is the best thing for our company? What is the best thing for maybe even humanity? Well, in fact, that was his, I think, the point of his commencement address. Mm-hmm. is um, He said, listen, you've got all this technology around you, but you have to remember you're human. 
and you know the mix of science and humanity mm-hmm. um, is going to deliver us where we want to to go. And don't forget that. And you know, there's there's warnings involved in there. Things can be used for good. Things can be used for bad. Mm-hmm. He had a, um, he talks about his meeting with the Pope. Uh, and that he he said that the Pope was very techno- technology literate, hmm. um, which was very interesting. Um, but anyway, it's a wonderful um, presentation. I highly recommend it. It's great that we have access to all this stuff. Access is key to knowledge. If the knowledge is out there and you can get it, then you're going to be a better person. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is... <laughs> <laughs> knowledge is power, maybe, is a better way to say that. <laughs> All right, Steve, we want to remind our listeners what? Absolutely. This week, you need to join us at your local theater or send us an email and join us at our local theater. We could have a party. Let's go Let's go have a sandwich. And then we should watch Rift Track's Summer Shorts Beach Party. That is this Thursday, June 15th at a theater near you. It is going to replay on the 20th. That's through Fathom Events. This is Fathom Events. We love Fathom Events. Man, the access that we have to this stuff because of Fathom Events and those satellites and beaming this picture across our country is amazing um i sometimes you get broadway uh stuff mm-hmm. sometimes you get the evening opera. at the mat yeah um you, you get uh special presentations stuff oh. that you won't see anywhere else the live woody harrelson movie that we saw <laughs> a live movie I, I have not seen any distribution of that since that was a one-time event this is a one-time event that they will record and you can buy it later but there's something about the live event join us on thursday and and see some fun see some funny people that's that's what summer's all about i think we have enough information to survive another week what do you think chip only if we can come back next week uh yeah next week after father's day we can come back and we can talk about all of the fun that we had on father's day and going to the family events and seeing our friends at rift tracks there's so much stuff i'm so excited i'm gonna go take a nap If you need more information, give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And every day of the week, you can go to our news site, News.TooMuchScrolling.com, and find all the information that you need. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hessenflow. We'll see you in the future. I want to talk about what I want to think of what I want